What we should have done is just actually shot those guys. If we'd actually just gone and killed all the dirties. Can you imagine if, that, if we showed that movie to class? Oh my God. What, a movie of everybody dead? No, if you go, if we went in and we, if we just went and shot, the, what did Muldoon say? You can't, this is, you can't make a school shooting movie? If we made a movie where we went in and we just shot the bad guys. Yeah, that's what we did in our movie. But if we actually did it, if we actually went with real guns and actually killed only the bad guys, but we just blew them away, all on camera, Platoon's like, you know guys, this is really, you, di you didn't listen to me. <laughs> I thought it, I said it was too dark before when you were pretending to kill these guys. Now you actually kill them? Oh, you're actually going to kill these guys. Oh, this is so sick. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 105, and my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. Nice. Bam. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching. As well as the week in film news, there's a couple of tidbits, two items that are just sizzling hot meatballs. I can feel them. Oh my God. Cheese in them gooey it's goody oh tasty uh but we're here for the main event which is our retro throwback sacred cow review? it's another one of those old oldie but goodies are we taking this one out and seeing if it uh like are, are we slaughtering this one as a uh as a sacred i haven't been sh i haven't sharpened any blades oh, okay let's see what happens but donnie darko from director richard kelly uh this one is just Fun. There's tons of layers. This might be a four-hour show if we're going to go through all the tangent <laughs> universes and this ridiculous side book that's written about the philosophy of time travel. What from Roberta Sparrow, aka Grandma Death. Uh, so you can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. Yes. When you're on iTunes, though, there's a, there's a five star review that's happening somewhere in there, right? Like down after you listen to an episode, you would you yep. know you would go and click five yep. stars yep. to show your appreciation. And then when you're on the vertical viewing page on iTunes, five star review recipe right in that little box. Yeah. What's going on this week? I asked last week for sandwiches. Um, we can't do that again. Well, you know how many we got. None. Too many. No. Too many. Too, ma too many? Okay. Yeah. We got none too many. <laughs> uh, you know, we're never prepared for this. <laughs> it never, never happens. never have anything ready on... Okay. What's the best way to cook an egg? Depends how you want to eat oh, that egg. I like, I like when you leave it open like that. What's the best way to cook an egg? Because then everyone wants to get their... Yeah, okay. Get their two cents in I there. I like that. I like eggs. Okay. Who doesn't? So... Go to you iTunes. Could, you could just leave one word. I mean, Eggs Benedict is everyone's... Like, boiled. Mm, not a fan of hollandaise. Scrambled. No? Okay, por like porched eggs? Like putting them on the porch? Porched? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a hot <laughs> summer day. Yeah, exactly. You put them on the porch, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> you can visit our website. It is verticalviewing.com. Uh, you can go to Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. We are? We are on Stitcher. We are. But when you're on verticalviewing.com, there's a big shiny donate button. Click it. It's a PayPal link. It's super cool. You can help us out. It'll change your life. It'll change ours. Uh, It'll alleviate. Movies aren't cheap. No, not today. No. Not in Trump's uh, America. 
Oh, I'm so glad I don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, keeping the lights on in the Nostromo Lounge, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, click the donate button. You know, it uh, it always helps. We, we do. Yes, we do Very appreciate much it. So, uh, what else, guys? Your thoughts, your recommendations. They're going to verticalviewing at gmail dot com. I mean, that's where the big boys go, right? Your comments, your questions. Mm-hmm. We'll read those. We'll read them on air. Instagram is your place to go for all things VVP. Uh, you know, the VVP lifestyle. Uh, we're coming out with a new clothing line. Uh, VVP life. Skateboard decks. Uh, yeah, definitely some stickers, maybe. You know, all sorts of good stuff. VVPcrew.co.uk uh, for some reason. Some acid, acid wash jeans are yeah. going to be in there. Just to be, just knit to be cool. goods. Like handmade knit goods. But for real, vertical viewing on Instagram, vertical viewing on Twitter. Just keep it real, you know? Uh, yeah. Guys, we, we haven't been here in a, in a week or so, have yeah. we? I, yeah, it's been a while. How is, you guys? Is, how it, you doing? Is, is there anything good? What do you guys... What's up? How? What's what's going on? <laughs> what's going <laughs> on with you, man? Blank faces just, over here. Just chilling, you know, putting my feet up at home, watching some stuff, like Sensate. What? You watched... You got back into that? Did you watch yeah. the Christmas special? No, I haven't watched that yet. Uh, because... I tried when this came out, and the first two episodes were really slow. Uh, there's 12 of these things, but I really got into this. Okay, nice. L- like, I really started to enjoy the relationship between the characters. And even though there's not a lot of action in this show, there's some great drama going on. It's a weird concept, right? It, it's, like, it's very unique. Like Sharing consciousness yeah basically and they talk about how you know just one chromosome different and in the show in their fiction in their world this is they have a theory that maybe this is how humanity was meant to be and so they're more a pure form of humanity and you hive mind yeah so it's it's sort of like cloud atlas if all of the timelines were happening like in the same yeah like like they were all happening at once, at once instead of all like throughout time. And some of the characters, like the characters are all great. I enjoy all of them. Uh, Caffius, the uh, black dude from Niobe or Nairobi. Uh, he was my favorite because he's just always so happy whenever he visits one of these other people around the world. He's like, where are you? This is great. This is he was amazing. Like, he was, I'm, I, I watched a few episodes of, <clears throat> of this show and he was very much the Pollyanna. Like he was just, happy all the time the audience surrogate if you will uh, uh no 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 he's he, he was just a happy dude drove a, a bus called van damme he's a super <laughs> of a van he's, he's, the van yeah. he's just van he's super jazzed to be uh, shifting realities or uh yeah he was personalities one, he was I one guess. of the characters that picked it up and immediately was like wow this is kind of amazing whereas some of the other characters had trouble accepting what was going on um, but all of them had interesting stories to tell and, and mm. unique perspectives. Some of them are a little cliche. Like there's the Mexican actor <laughs> in Mexico city. Who's like this big heartthrob of a dude, but he's a clo- oh, yeah. but he's closeted I, gay. Yeah. I remember this guy. Um, <clears throat> so that seems a little cliche, but the love story between him and Hernando, his, his boyfriend who he keeps secret is actually one of the highlights of the show. It's I pretty thought good. Right? The, the actors are amazing. Man, there's so, a, there's a lot of potential there to sort of tell a universal story about, you know, yeah. forgiveness <clears throat> and about, 
you know, transcending borders and all sorts of good well, stuff. It, it, and it's so great. How many? How far into this did you, have you? I've watched gotten? all of the first twelve, like the season one. Okay, I'm, so you got to watch through that. Christmas and then and then season two starts in May. Yeah. So I saw that coming up, so I was like, oh shit, I better get on this because I, I was see. interested okay. in it. Okay. Cool. And so it, it, it's an interesting dynamic that they have, and seeing how. You know, we lean on friends and other people when we need them, but it just happens for them. If if they unconsciously call out to someone who will be able to help them in their situation, who has either a skill or even... Just, I know Kung Fu. Well, that yeah. happens. The show should be called I know Kung Fu. <laughs> that definitely happens a couple times, and it's amazing. But even, like, Nomi, who's a transgendered character, shows up to talk to... Uh, man... Yeah, well, there's weird like sex stuff that happens and oh yeah, like, interplay. Red does not approve. No, it's not. It's not that I don't approve. It's that like, you know, if you you can imagine, like, there's eight of these people that share their consciousness that are all different genders, and they all have to, <clears throat> they all get to know each other intimately. Yeah, I, there's an interesting orgy scene where a couple people, a couple of them are actually having sex, and then a few of the others sort of pick up on what's happening. And they're like, oh, okay. And they sort of like... They get in on get, it. Get involved. And so when they meet in person, like uh, the Mexican actor yeah. guy... <laughs> yeah. Before we move on, I, I, I only think the show will be cool if at the very end of the whole thing, every single person on Earth is like united in sense, this... Sense all? Yeah, sense uh, seven billion. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's very interesting. Uh the only weakness I thought was the antagonist. Okay. Was, it seemed like a lot of setup for the next season. Red, what do you got? What's going on? Uh, well, I got a few things. Uh, I rewatched Deadpool again awesome. because it's awesome. Uh, that's, I have it here again. Yes, failed, again. Failed to type. get any uh, Oscar nominations. We're yeah. not secured. That's a snub. I'm ticked. Oh, for sure. Um, that movie's amazing. Um, I also watched something. Oh. Uh, bad moms, which should just really? be called bad movie. <laughs> Ooh, hot take! I'm not going to spend more Dude, than you, that two is minutes funny. on this. It stars uh, Mila Kunis, Catherine Hahn, Kristen Bell, uh, Christina Applegate, Jada Pinkett Smith, and a bunch of other idiots that shouldn't have been in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's directed by John Lucas and Scott Moore. I don't know why it took two people to direct this. They also <laughs> both wrote it. Shame on you both. This movie is terrible. Who's in this? There, there's three ladies in this. Right? Yeah, Mila Kunis, yeah, okay. Catherine and then Hahn, Hahn, and yeah. Kristen Bell. Yeah. Um, don't don't watch this. <laughs> um, okay. It's bad. Uh, and then to get the taste out of my mouth, I watched Eastern Promises. Oh man, Ooh, good the David Cronenberg, uh, starring Viggo Mortensen and Naomi Watts, um, with some heavy doses of violence and have uh, you seen russian this uh gangster uh, was this a rewatch for you no this was the first Ooh, time i've wanted to watch oh, it for a long snap. time i knew a lot about it but i had never got the chance to see it um there was a couple moments that had me squirming there's a neck slice in this yeah in of, the first of a, like, like handicapped guy in like the first 30 seconds as well oh that that's yeah um there there's he's involved in both scenes there's, actually there's yeah. talk of a sequel yeah to this movie <clears throat> i like that it's sort of so it's contained it's it's not uh so the scale of things is actually fairly small so it's a russian gangster on the run like hiding out in in London? Uh well no, like? it's it's like this Russian 
a family of Russian mobsters the, from the void that live in London and uh, this nurse gets a hold of a diary that uh, may or may not incriminate one of them. So how the events unfold when she starts to contact Russians to say like, hey, will you help me uh, translate this journal or diary thing? It was really weird. This woman came into the hospital and died and I just took it off her. So help me. And then they're like, so it's like a mystery. Um, kind of, no, you kind of figure out what happens, um, (laughs) really quick. And you just hope that anyways, check it out. There's some sweet fights between naked dudes in showers. I was going to say, (laughs) I've seen that. That is one of the most visceral, hard to watch violent scenes I've ever seen. Because as a guy, you just feel so exposed because they're completely naked and there are knives. Yeah. He's just getting like sliced. Oh. on his back oh it's rough but it's a great flick i mean david cronenberg knows how yeah. to push the body horror yeah it's it's heavy but I, it was I, cool it was I, a good I, movie i remember seeing it right when it came out um like over like a decade ago yeah it's old uh but i preferred uh history of violence the movie he did right before that one that's on my list to consume in that, the near future that one will spin your head up uh the last so, thing that i watched it or actually i didn't watch i read uh, I concluded the Lock and Key series that I've been reading uh, from uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel. Uh, I've forgotten his name. <laughs> but uh, this one's number six, Lock and Key. This is a graphic uh, novel here. Yeah, Alpha and Omega. Uh, it was excellent. Uh, a fine conclusion. And anybody that has uh, enjoyed hearing about the the previous ones i think should definitely check this one out okay it's a great series on the whole what what is lock and key like what's the so lock and key uh is uh begins with a tragedy that has a family that consists of a mother and three children moving back to a childhood home uh called uh lock uh lock house locks house or uh there's all these keys that they stumble upon that do magical things okay uh in or it's key house i guess Uh, (laughs) this sounds it doesn't matter (laughs) it's locks and keys and okay but um the keys all do different things but um one of the things that happens with this magic is that you forget when you become an adult so uh you sort of a new generation just sort of discovers this over and over again and Okay. Uh, it's it's kinda really cool. cool. It's really cool. That's kind of neat. Um, some dark spirits maybe lurking about in the well house in the back. So bad oh. things happen too. Okay. It's not exactly uh, like for young readers. It, there's some some dark things happen and some uh, heavy uh, <clears throat> themes are involved. Okay. So. Lock and key. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, I, I watched a couple things. First off... And this was a while ago now because I, uh, I mean, I forgot pretty much everything about <laughs> the movie Gold, starring Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah. So I got a chance to see this movie. Which did you guys know? This is about the Briex scandal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you remember the Briex scandal from the? No. Yeah, mid- it was a gold mining scandal because there was actually no gold. Yeah, a Calgary-based mining company essentially frauded all these investors into thinking that this gold mine in Indonesia was going to make bank. bank. 
and give uh, us all your money so we can dig a hole. And they we're, were pretty sure there's gold. Uh, sprinkling gold dust on spoiler alert onto core samples, right? So they're taking core samples from the area that they're going to be drilling, and these motherfuckers are just dusting like <laughs> gold dust onto the. Look how loaded. Hmm. The the land is guys. Like, this is a vein. Invest in this company. So, because no one in America has heard of this story, they just changed it all and removed all Canadian sort of banners or anything. Any relation to Canada has been stripped away from this. So movie. it's not Briax. No, no. It's like Confederated. Uh, I forget what it's called. Like Rogue Chemical or Rogue Mining or some shit. Uh, Come on. It's ridiculous. It's in Reno, Nevada. No, it's in, like, Calgary, Alberta. No, no. So the first hour of this movie, total slog. Uh, final 30 minutes, maybe acceptable at very best. <laughs> Horrible movie. <laughs> um, extremely, I love your review. No, your review. Just, it's, like, extremely bland, derivative, um, like, really familiar style of, like, Scorsese, cheap Scorsese knockoff. Like, it desperately wants to be this Wolf of Wall Street thing, uh, you know, where they're building up this awesome company, Fucking investors getting bilked. This is so awesome, everyone. 90s, 80s style slow motion shots of us drinking at the office with like 70s bad you know, haircuts. Classic and rock giant rain. collars. Um, it does a decent job of sort of selling the prospector, like a gold prospector of being this like dreamer uh, of sort of like um, full of hope and being like perpetual, you know, maybe perpetually. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Delus delusional, you know, about sort of there's always gold right around the corner. Um, so you can kind of buy McConaughey's like reasoning to sort of he doesn't get directly involved in the scandal. It sort of happens around him. Does it show much about like how that actually looks like what it is to be a prospector? Because I'm curious about what like modern no. prospecting actually consists he, he of. He has a dream about this uh, place oh. in Indonesia. Oh, like okay. He threw, a, dar he threw right. a dart at a map, and he was like, that's where the gold is. Um, that's how I, I decide where to go every day. Just do yourself a favor. Watch Treasure of the Sierra Madre, starring Humphrey Bogart. But not gold. Not gold. <laughs> okay, um, sweet. The, uh, the movie just seems to be this vehicle for McConaughey's stunt acting bullshit performance of like gaining 60 pounds in his gut, yeah. putting on a stupid wig, like having his hair shaved off and just looking like a just smelly bastard fat idiot in the jungle. Like I don't, I, I'm not into stunt acting where the actors just, it's, it's all about the physical transformation. Yeah, can we look, at, look at how ugly I am and dumb looking. And can we talk about that for a second? That seems stunt like the biggest, that seems like the biggest bullshit thing to do to yeah. me. Yeah. It's, you, it's you're like making me feel self-indulgent. Like yeah. Showcase like, hey, please watch this performance that was just really fun for me to do. And do you think it's even really fun though? Like you're Tom Hanks has diabetes now because of Castaway. Yeah. Well, yeah, and bringing Christian Bale and the Machinist. It's stupid. Yeah, like these people are going to live shorter lives for these decisions. And, um, and some and lots of people are like, oh man, this is so great of them. Cent. They're all the sacrifice for their craft. Bullshit! You don't need to do this. It doesn't. It doesn't add anything to the fucking no, film. I know. I know. Um, yeah, so, yeah I, I don't. I don't think that it, it it adds anything here. Definitely not. The the movie is a failure, pretty much on every level. Uh, Edgar Ramirez is okay as this uh, dude, this real dude who actually jumped out of a, got fell out of a helicopter. S sketchy circumstances. His body was found in the jungle. And it's like, did he, you know, jump out suicide or was he pushed out or? Hmm. 
Yeah, gold is not good, where, guys. Where Bad go. movie. Tell um, me you watched a good movie. I did watch a good movie, but I have to slog through another shitty one first, oh, guys. No. Uh-oh. Uh, you, you tried to watch a good one, but it turned out to be... No, no, I knew this was going to be bad. I, oh, no. I, what, did, I, what? I watched Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Oh, you uh, had to know. I had to know what this was. Okay, I, 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 I still it, don't know. I watched it in 24 frames per second like a caveman. Why? Did, is this just because That's how of one of those things be. that you do? Well, you, this... Ang Lee shot this film in 120 frames per second. This is going to be the future of cinema, everybody. Does it just look weird when you watch it that way, though? Apparently, it looks like it's sped up, and it looks really shitty, and it looks, it looks like, like a video... Soap like opera. Soap opera shit. Yeah, it looks really not... It doesn't like look cinematic. Like on the motion smoothing on yeah. their TV. Yeah, it, it's apparently terrible. I don't understand why filmmakers keep trying to do this. It doesn't work. So... Probably 40 people in the world have seen this at like a film <laughs> festival or like okay. five theaters. So who is Billy Lynn and why is he taking so damn long at halftime? <laughs> so he's this newcomer, Joe Alwyn. He's some British dude playing as some Texan guy as usual. Can't get a Texan. Play that's, a Texan. That's because Brits take dramatic acting seriously. And he, he, we don't see him. This act of heroism that he does is so poorly done. We're supposed to be drawn into this. He's a soldier in Iraq who's being honored at an NFL game. And he's during a halftime show with Destiny's Child. Oh, Hell whoa. yeah! Whoa! Hell yeah! So wait, the focus is not. So the whole movie takes place a- Iraq during this halftime show during this 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 Thanksgiving Day game in the NFL. Uh, we don't even see Destiny's Child's face; like it's all from the back. It's uh, super fucking lame. Sounds bad. Uh, and he's just sort of having PTSD flashbacks. Oh no! To this oh, battle in Iraq that is sympathy. so that is so poorly executed, like. I don't know why the twenty four the one hundred twenty frames per second thing would have been like even necessary because probably ten percent of the movie even takes place in these battle scenes. Like I was expecting some like some badass war scenes, and it's terrible. Ninety percent backstage at a well, they're Beyonce late. concert. No, but like, even <laughs> even if the war scenes were dope, then I could see okay, I got to deal with this stupid NFL game framing device. But the, the war scenes are lazy, dull completely pointless like useless like terrible <laughs> they serve no greater sort of you're supposed to really feel like billy lynn went through this crazy ordeal so billy lynn is a real guy no 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 it's based on a book is anything involved here based on a true story i'm i don't think so, okay, I, so I don't think so okay so uh, there is no reason to what Tell me what you gave this movie out of 10. I, I, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, I believe I gave this a 2. Maybe oh, a 2 and a half. Oh, wow. No, out of 5. I oh, okay. Two, two, okay. two stars out of 5. So, so four. 4. 4 out of 10. The NFL stadium sort of dissolves into a domed mosque as they drive up in the limo. Oh, no. We flash back. The transitions, super clunky, bullshit, garbage. <laughs> Um, like the parallels that we start drawing between the like being an NFL player and then being in battle where the NFL players are like what does it feel like to hit somebody and then Billy Lynn is well what does it feel like when you hit somebody and they go oh yeah I guess so (laughs) what (laughs) yeah I guess so Um, this movie sounds I like how you're just stacking adjectives just like terrible useless (laughs) dialogue is laughably broad generalized as fuck cartoonishly wooden Um, wow it's it's a town on this it's clunky man terrible movie you 
So Ang Lee did this, right? And then we started pouring it on really thick oh, where the no. stadium fireworks... It's not over? No, no. The stadium fireworks start going off, right? Oh, of course. That's a trigger. And it's a trigger. PTSD. Get it? Like, when we clunk you over the head a couple of times, the fireworks in the stadium equal bombs. You, you get it? Bombs like, in Iraq. He's having flashbacks to yeah. his... He can't... His t- that's tough for Billy Lynn, so this who's is, not the, a real the, person. The, the, book is, the, the, the book is apparently like this satire of American life and celebration of, of war heroes and stuff. And like... If it was written by like Hunter S. Thompson, it would have had this like really biting angle to it. But instead, it's I don't even know how to read into this thing. It looks like a Dawson's Creek episode or something. Hmm. Um, do not see Billy Lynn's long halftime walk under any circumstances. Please. Okay, won't. Thanks. So, sorry, that was Ang Lee. Really good what, director. What, what is he doing? Weird. Like he did Life of Pi. He did you know Crouching Tigre? Uh, you know he did Broke Back. He did all sorts of good stuff, man. And then. I don't know Strange. what this is. I don't know what so, this is. So to get, you had he also two. Did Hulk. I literally don't know what the movie even is. <laughs> you had a double dose of bad, real bad. But there's nothing there. So what did you do to get the taste of these? Well, I didn't even watch a movie. Billy Lynn's long time. It's not even a movie. There's <laughs> literally nothing there. <laughs> so I had to watch something good. So I went to my boy, Matt Johnson, who did a Operation Avalanche, and I watched his first movie, which is called The Dirties. The Dirties. Which is produced by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith of Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, etc. So this movie is intense, and uh, it's about a school shooting. Ooh, heavy, heavy. So it's a found footage mockumentary about two kids making a like fake revenge documentary about like getting back at the bullies it's about high school bullying so i think we need to make a distinction because i don't think if i think mockumentary like is comedy okay well what, what would you call operation avalanche because it blurs the lines for me but it but found footage okay yeah. then that's what this is it's the exact same thing like or or like these ones that are framed as documentaries but are not in fact documentaries right well we see them editing this thing again like matt johnson loves showing you right. shots of him sitting at his like editing bay editing the movie that you're watching but i think a, a mockumentary is specifically a fake like like uh this is spinal tap is a mockumentary you're trying to trick people into thinking they watch something real it's yeah. And I think that's what Operation Avalanche and the Dirties kind of do. No, no, because Operation Avalanche doesn't actually frame itself as a documentary. It it's a found footage. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But these guys are trying to make a movie about getting revenge on the bullies at your school. One of them knows it's a movie. The other one is taking this maybe a bit too seriously. Now is this like that show, like Bully Beatdown? I think this movie's crazy, man. The Dirties mm. is crazy. I don't want to give too much away because there's an insane, like a shockingly insane cliffhanger ending to this movie. I was Ooh. like, my jaw was on the floor. I couldn't believe. Oh, wow. Like this movie, without giving too much away, this movie gets real. Like it gets real as fuck. It's really real. This movie is funny and it balances like humor and drama and there's parts where uh, kids are getting bullied. The main characters are getting bullied, and you, your, your blood genuinely starts boiling because it, it feels really real. Like it looks like a, you know, someone's in the corner filming this with just their phone. Hmm. So you feel like you're watching some video that's been uploaded to YouTube or hmm. Facebook, of, you know, bullying, bullying videos, and you, you get really pissed, and then shit starts hitting the fan with revenge and. 
reading Columbine books. Hmm. It's a crazy movie. I gave it a half star, just an extra half star on uh, Letterboxd, just because at one point in the movie on his like Apple computer monitor, it's a little post-it note sticking on the side. It says IDDQD. No? IDDQD. It says IDSPISPOPD. IDKFA. You don't recognize these Doom? I, well, oh, IDKFA I do, yeah. yeah. I thought What's that IDDQD? was... IDDQD. That's your god mode, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah, this movie is super fucking dark. Super dark. And another half star just for the closing credits, which each one is like a take on a movie's closing credit sequence. So it goes from like The Shining, like each panel oh, yeah. is like a different movie. Mm. That just tickles me <laughs> in all the right places. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. So, yeah, The Dirties is amazing, though. It's it's truly... What's this guy's name again, the director? Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson mm. sounds like... Uh, He's a, if you He's a are smart, clever a film, guy. If you're a film nerd or film geek, uh, this, this guy makes movies that are right up your alley. He knows what he's doing, man. Um, and the last thing, we can quickly touch on a couple of news items. There's two. The one we already knew was coming. Denis Villeneuve officially becomes the greatest director in the universe. He's, he's officially signing on for Dune. For Dune. We he can all rejoice. so Paul. happy. He is Paul Atreides. Think about how I'm great so his life... so happy. His life must be so great right now. Well, he gets to just, like, the make world the is best movies. Oysters. Yeah. He already made the best movie ever of all time, Arrival. <laughs> so good. And then... Now he's going to make Dune. I'm and Blade Runner 2, of course. <laughs> I texted you like all caps when I read that. I was so thrilled. Like that was the best day ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yes, he's doing Dune. Yeah, it's it's a huge story. Um, we'll see what happens. This is like J- Jodorowsky's Dune. Is, well, it, is it coming to fruition? Not I don't as, think so, no. Not as crazy as what he wanted to do, but we'll see. I just don't want to have to wait. Um, yeah, I know. That thing's coming out. 2020 probably 20 yeah right well, the he, book he, is they wouldn't even dense, get started until next right? spring like it's heavy material so how to actually produce that i think is well, i'm sure he, challenging i'm sure he's got a lot of ideas already so my question for you is he, he would probably like release blade runners coming out in october oh can't wait gonna pimp that out get it ready for award season spring of next year like a year from now when award season's just going to wind down, he's going to go, all right, now let's get to work on Dune. W- how far along do you think the project will be at that point? Is that like ground like ground level, or is he coming in, like, I don't, who knows, right? No, he wouldn't, like, there's he, probably he a script. Start working yeah, the on story this is so big that I think it has to be like... The script's already done. Yeah, there has to be... He I, wouldn't sign on without it, right? I don't know. Um, so that is uh, probably not a disaster, I mean, Denis Villeneuve has shown us no. If, if oh, Blade it's going to be two it's going to be great. But if Blade Runner Two is shit, then we kind of have reason to be if concerned. Blade Runner Two is shit. I will. That'll eat be a hat. I will eat my headset. Okay, that'll <laughs> we'll also, film that. It will also be the one movie that he's done. Like, if it happens to not be so great, oh no, it's one, one out of a, so many. It's great almost statistically movies. impossible. But <laughs> um, what is uh, the other story of the week? Ben Affleck is no longer directing the, the Batman yeah. standalone film. And this thing... He backpedaled <laughs> so hard on that. This thing's probably a fucking disaster. I'm going to go out and say it. N- never seeing the light of day. This this movie's never getting made. 
Yeah, I'd be surprised I, if it did. I can't believe DC movies are still being made by Warner Brothers right now. I think that this was like Mar- DC was going to let this be their Deadpool when people were like clamoring on the internet. They're like, oh, he wrote this and he's going to do this. And then they're like, oh, did you? And he said, okay, I'll do it. And then now, actually, he changed his mind because DC sucks and they made... So, wait a minute. This brings me to a very important Do you think they're, discussion. Waiting, they're waiting to see what happens why, with Logan? Why, did, Logan. why does uh, a steaming pile of garbage like Suicide Squad get nominated for an Academy Award? Wait, what? And It got nominated? Deadpool doesn't. For I, what? I think like a sound editing... Really? Or something. Or makeup or some bullshit. Who gives a shit that it... But it got nominated and Deadpool didn't? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to tell you. I'm, I'm, um, I'm disappointed, uh, Academy. <laughs> I know you're listening. But as as for the Batman movie, I think Ben Affleck's probably smart to just get out of this. I think he should maybe even step down as Batman altogether. But he's playing the character. It's, he's it's, doing a good... I, I kind of like his Bruce Wayne, though. Are we? I guess so. I think everyone's kind of not feeling it I think he's at okay. this point. Like, I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah. He's an okay Bruce Wayne. The problem is... The movies he is in which are is, awful. Which is one and one point so, one five. So like one point he five. His okay performance is elevated to greatness because it's the best comparatively part of yeah. the rest of the film. It's all relative. Um, I just think that maybe they should wait to see what happens with Logan if that movie kicks some serious ass box office wise. I think we should get a rated R Batman movie. It's the movie we all deserve. Yeah. Well, see what. From the Logan trailers, it doesn't necessarily look like the R matters. It just looks like it might be, might be telling a great story, and the R will be. Well, they're always worried the about butchering box office by like, oh, we're not going to let the kids in. I don't know that Batman needs to be R. Like, I, I mean, I guess not. No, it shouldn't. The best, the like, what's your favorite Batman so far? Let's let's think about this. Favorite Batman movie to date. Batman. I guess 1980, 1980. in 1989. Yeah. yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like with Jack Nicholson yeah, as man, the Joker. Sure. Um, not R. Not even close. It was PG. Uh, th- that movie today might be R. Pretty intense. It would, it would probably be PG-13. It'd be least. intense. Yeah. Interesting. Guys, let's get into the main event here. Can you, I, can yes. you crack open... Uh, Did you bring your copy of uh, the Philosophy of Time Travel? Yeah, can we crack open that book by Roberta Sparrow? Yeah, it's a, it's old, it's dusty, blow it off. Make sure you like you can't ask Noah Wiley too many questions. His his job is on the line as a teacher at a Catholic school. Yeah, you know, like you were bordering on like discussions about God. Yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna lose his job. I can't if talk we, about this. Let's do it anyway. We, we can talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. Each vessel travels along a vector uh, through space-time along its center of gravity. Like a spear. 
I beg your pardon? Like, like a spear that, that uh, comes out of your chest. Uh, sure. Yeah. And in order for the vessel to travel through time, it's got to find a porthole, or in this case, a wormhole, or... Well, could these portals, um... Could these portals just appear uh, anywhere, anytime? I think that's highly unlikely. No, I think what you're talking about is um, an act of God. Well, if God controls time, then all time's predecided. I'm not following you. Look, every living thing follows along a set path. And if you could see your path or channel, then you could see into the future, right? Like, uh, that's a form of time travel. Well, you're... you're contradicting yourself, Donnie. If we were able to see our destinies manifest themselves visually, then we would be given a choice to betray our chosen destinies. So that was a clip from Donnie Darko. A troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes after he narrowly escapes a bizarre incident. Frank. What? Frank the bunny. Fuck you, Frank. Donnie Darko is written and directed by Richard Kelly... And it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Drew Barrymore, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Mary McDonnell, uh, Noah Wiley, and Patrick Swayze. Patrick the Swayze. The Swayster. Who, I don't know why he's in this movie. I'll be honest with you. It's a bit odd. Uh, maybe he was around, his schedule was free, and they're like, man, we can get Patrick Swayze. No, I just, I don't he's even know. draw. What, I don't even right? know what his character's doing this. But this is all, these are all things we can get into, everybody. Um, we're jumping back. To October of 2001 for our Donnie Darko review. This thing was like misunderstood, bombed upon box office release. I don't even believe that it got a box office release. Maybe it did. Yeah, I'm a, bit, knows? a bit curious to talk about the differences between the uh, Theatrical? the two versions. Yeah, there is a director's cut with some musical differences and mainly superimposing of this weird book that is supplementally... This movie bombed? Like, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 86%. It's but, a cult class, like a post-mortem yeah, cult Yeah, I classic. guess a lot of those came much later, this, looking at the dates on them. To me, this is the quintessential college dorm room film. Like, it it, it lives, and it, it had a rebirth, and it lives and breathes, at least oh, what's, what's way that? back in the college dorm phase is where it sort of gestated and, like, and was have birthed. Have you seen this movie? That song, you know, the... Uh, Mad, mad, mad World, mad old, yeah. like everybody heard that song. In, that that in, was downloaded on every single in you know, residence, residence uh, <laughs> web server back like, in the early 2000s. Yeah, every iTunes network, for sure, that yeah. was on the, yeah. uh, the that, playlist. Was this the original This is where it got popular, I think. Well, or, no, it, I believe it's Tears for Fears did yeah. the original uh, song. But it's, this yeah. really, Gary this, Jules covered yeah. it for this, and everybody went gaga. <laughs> Um, there's a, there is a lot of montages in this movie, and I think they all work for the most part. Um, but let's let's go around the room here, Mike. Yep. We cut you off. <laughs> no, no, oh, he's, he's, he's out of this. We we cut you off in the first segment. So have your <laughs> have at it. The big dogs can eat. What did you think of uh, What did you think of Donnie Darko? Well, let's throw back for a little while here. I watched this when it came out, probably in my dorm actually. <laughs> And I, I didn't really like it okay. when I watched it. Uh, it was recommended to me by a couple friends. They're like, this is an amazing movie. You got to watch it. And I thought it had some interesting concepts. But I was in school for film school. And then it was like, this seems a little empty to me. And so I was very, very curious to rewatch. Uh, and A, man, it looks old. It looks like a TV movie. He's so young, right? 
Like Jake Gyllenhaal is so young, and and the, and the actual camera quality camera is really bad. And the way it's edited with like fades and stuff, just like really was this only two thousand and one? Like I guess that's sixteen years ago now. Crazy, uh, but it's, it's an, really it's, low budget. We've it's an indie movie, way. so I can like that's all right. It, it, I'm sure it didn't have a huge budget. I, I again, I'm still not super sold on this movie because it leaves a lot ambiguous, which I like. But it also doesn't really exp- well. <laughs> Red and I, Red and I are well, st- well, we're well versed in Richard Kelly's universe at this point. Uh huh. Southland Tales. Um, I don't think the movie as itself gave enough within it as a self-contained entity to be very effective. I know there's a lot of material. There's the book on the time travel thing that you can look up. Uh, I actually read afterwards the predominant theories and stories behind what was happening and i said what the fuck <laughs> so many times and none of this is in the, none of this is in the movie in the in the theatrical cut that we watched yeah, yeah. none of it is there um I, so i think it just missed a couple of crucial pieces for me to be really good i i enjoyed a lot of the concepts and i thought the acting was pretty good jake gyllenhaal did a great job this was one of his first movies was it not yeah and and this was to me i think he's still working in this dark disturbed He's he's still channeling this dark intensity even today. Like yeah, oh, the, same, sure. the same the same stuff what that's he, on display what he cut there. His teeth on right, like this is where he got his start, and mm-hmm. he found success. I mean, maybe not immediately, but obviously, you said it was eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like this, yeah. you know, he's he's found he's a standout that he's he's doing well. It's quite a different role than he what he played in Bubble Boy. So oh god, <laughs> October Sky. <laughs> yeah, Man. yeah. Uh, so. I thought it was a mediocre film. Uh, Did it improve on this rewatch? Not really. Okay, Red and I are going to help you out here. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm going to try and bring you down, so let's see what happens. <laughs> Red, what do you... Have at it. Um, what do you well, think of Donnie Darko? Like, as you mentioned, Michael, uh, with Southland Tales, uh, this director has uh, been known to require some, uh, let's say, the consumption of some supplementary material. Um, so like if you do dig in a little bit to the philosophy of time travel and look at what Donnie is, uh, learning through this movie, it's crazy. It takes on this whole new dimension and the sequence with, there's little hints of it where you see the diagram of the, the body and there's the conversation about the, uh, the vector coming out of your center of gravity. And he's like, like a water, like a spear coming out of your chest. And you're like, yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is that thing? <laughs> um, but like the explanations that we get uh, in the in the book are pretty clear, actually, I think. Uh, I guess they spell it out on a textbook level. Yeah, like there's, the all ambiguity is lost if if you watch this director's cut and if you read this little textbook thing. Mm-hmm. See, and so here's my question, just to to jump in here: the director's cut is widely viewed as an inferior product, is it not? Well, I think people so, don't like to have everything like spelled out. Fans sort of argued about like the lack of ambiguity in the director's cut, like having mm-hmm. everything spelled out right in front of you. Yeah, I really want to watch it because. I guess people thought it was more interesting as this mystery, but I disagree. Um, I think I want to know what's going on. Um, in Southland Tales, which is uh, one of 
his earlier movies. Well, he made it after. Oh, did he? Donnie yeah. Darko. Well, of course, oh. this is his big debut splash onto the scene. Oh, right, yes. My mistake. Sorry. I did know this. Um, that's how he got the money to make Southland Tales. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but I saw Southland Tales after as well. But I love having to read the, the graphic novels uh, as well as watch the movie for it to all sort of be cohesive. Um, I don't think that's a big ask. Uh, so, but here's a, here's a question I have. Do each of those graphic novels stand on their own? I'm sure they're enriched upon the other ones and perhaps watching the movie. If something can stand on its own, but then be, as I said, enriched or made even better with supplementary materials, that's great. If it needs that to succeed, it is an issue, but it's not separate to me. Like, they're all... It's Southland Tales. It's part of this one experience. Yeah, all of it is one thing. Well, then where's my digital copy of the time travel book at the start of this goddamn film that I can read before I watch it? So, uh, the... True. (laughs) Richard Kelly does say, um, just so we can kick off on this, he says, I wanted the director's cut to operate on a more logical, fluid level, a bit more as the science fiction film that I'd always intended it to be. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the time travel book, the philosophy of time travel, uh, as we finished shooting, uh, I'd written the book as a way to justify what the film meant to me. So it's almost like he wrote it as his own way to interpret what the story was. Oh, it was like his, um, his connect the dots yeah. through the book, um, through, the, through the movie. Okay. He says, when, I, when the rough cut came in at two hours and 40 minutes, I realized I was never going to be able to add more material. I think the film became a bit esoteric and inaccessible, what Mike is saying, uh, that's one of the great strengths of the theatrical cut. But there's always a version that had a bit more logical sense in my mind, and I thought, let's let that version be out there too. If people want to experience that version, then they can see it. If they want it to remain an unsolvable riddle, uh, then let it remain so in the theatrical cut. Hmm. So the theatrical cut okay. doesn't give you the necessary information to solve it. And the director flat out says that. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad there's not a middle ground. I would love uh, yeah. to see just a little bit more in there. Like, just anything that points to the uh, Tangent Universe thing. Yeah. Anything at all would be great. I it's, mean, it's I mean a, it's knowing a, that, there are definitely visual cues in the film. Oh, it's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no, there's no, there are no hints to, that lead you to, to uncovering that on your own. Mm. That's, why he's, that's why Richard Kelly, to me, is a very unique filmmaker. Um, like, he's just... His ambition is just, it's it, it doesn't, it, it just overreaches any sort of rules that you have set out for giving accessible art. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't care about making something accessible. He has a story in his mind that is just waiting to this be is told. Just what he wants to tell. I don't care if, if I'm sort of doing it in, in quote unquote unethical way or a creative no, level. Or like, if it's not traditional, like, I don't give a shit. I'm yeah. going to tell it the way I want to tell it because it's going to be best for this story. So you like Donnie Darko. I do. I really like Donnie Darko. I, I like anything I, I that sort of sticks with you and has you asking questions. Um, or if not asking questions, like say you've uh, looked over the supplementary material, you've read the, the ex- explanations of time travel, watch it again. It's even more fun to look for the little stuff uh, to try and combine theories or to look for other things. I was struggling with uh, the idea that the... Uh, Sorry, what's the the name for Donnie Darko's role? He's the uh Oh, I believe he's the uh the living um 
what's it called? He's the living receiver. The re- okay, so the receiver. Um, oh, what was it that he has? Uh, he has often has artifact. many powers. That he has like strength, telekinesis. It's crazy. Um, control of fire, he can control and water. water, and this and that. And they were saying that like he shows strength when he sinks the axe into the solid bronze statue. Yeah. That he controls fire when he burns down the house, and that he uses telekinesis when the he guides the plane. He does well. He apparently he rips the engine so, off of the plane. What what is but, the inciting incident? Let's back up for a second, everybody. So what, the inciting incident of this movie is what there is an uh, one moment uh, when a jet engine falls from the sky into suburbia and lands in this bedroom. Luckily, the uh, resident of which is a sleepwalker and has and been was not there has been called out. To the golf course by some strange voice that is maybe in his head. He had a weird dream. Sleepwalking just conveniently right before a jet engine. Like which, at the moment. Which which has no explicable source. Because there's no plane crash. The FAA does not have any clue where this they engine can't find the plane. came from. Yeah. Which is a nice, brilliant little spark, I think, to start the movie off. Like a, like a little puzzle that you might even have forgotten about. But hey, let's not forget about the fact that this jet engine... Came out, came of out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. it's an, it's really puzzling and it's concerning, but it sort of lingers in the background as we start to find out more about Donnie's family, about him having, you know, this condition, right? He's referencing taking pills and being in therapy. Um, I really love this movie. I think it really works. The rewatch for me really worked. I don't know if it went up or down. I don't think it aged particularly well, but I'm not holding anything against it. Just because it's it's a like a purely like referential snapshot of that time. Yeah, um, it feels very much like two thousand and one. Well, I mean, nineteen eighty eight through the eyes of you know, it's it's obviously set in even, the eighties. To me, it didn't even really feel like the eighties. It felt like it yeah. could have been any school in like the nineties. Even you do kind of forget wh- where you are supposed yeah, to be. It didn't feel important. Times. That it was eighty eight. They they sort of will jam in eighties references. My least favorite would be the Smurfette sequence, which I find completely out of like a different movie almost. Yeah, that was like kind of shoehorned, eh? I'm not into that. Yeah, when and it, then it does show though. It's like improvised. It feels like a Kevin Smith bit out it, of Mallrats. With it does like, feel oh, wrong. Fucking Superman and Lois Lane, you kryptonite condom and all this yeah. shit. I think they kept <laughs> it though because it it shows us that Don uh, that Donnie is smart. You know, we get these glimpses of. He's uh, he pushes back against the authority, but he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. So they they ch- they struggle with it when he does. Um, yeah, I, I think this movie's really good, man. I think it it particularly does a like great job of like dancing between genres. Maybe, um, yeah. What is it? I don't know what you would call this. Like it's it's at one moment it's like a high school drama, then it's a family you know sort of drama thing. It's coming of coming of age story, and, and then it's like time travel, a hardcore science fiction film, like <laughs> a strange, almost wacky comedy fantasy thing. Yeah, like the, the use of fuck ass between siblings. <laughs> well, how funny and, is and, that? And how do you suck a fuck? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> is is that improv shit between actual siblings? It, it probably is. It felt like two, like a brother and sister yelling yeah. across the table. It's pretty good. I do like the introduction of all characters in this movie, all done through montage. I don't know if you guys noticed. Characters are introduced and 
outroduced? Is that a word? It is now. Yeah. But every character comes into this film and exits the film um, put, put to this sort of panning shot. Like, we're introducing all the cast of characters. I think you could maybe make this into a play if you wanted to. Well, I sure wonder if there's really some could. way to connect the, uh, that panning montage to the idea of a timeline because of the way that it's the same moment at the beginning and at the end, mm-hmm. but unfolding perhaps differently. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, suck a fuck, Red. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the use of Frank as a character, super scary. Um, did that work for you guys as really unsettling and creepy and his voice is all modulated and uh, the, the design of the mask really yeah. works for me is I, he, I don't know do you find him I'm, I'm curious what you guys think michael your friend your take on frank uh i never really liked the design of frank no way i thought it's really scary well i i thought he was a little creepy for sure but i the fuzzy suit kind of clashed with the mask in such a way that <laughs> Like, as a design choice, I didn't know what to think of him, honestly. But it's like a skull rabbit face. Yeah, it's weird. I And he's I, smiling. I don't find him... I found it actually, like, uh, the, the difference between the voice and the tone of the voice and the way that he looks, that was really jarring to me. And I remember that from the first time watching it. When you hear the, like... Things like, now you know where he lives. Yeah, it's like, almost like nice. 28 yeah. days. Like, it's not, 72. it's actually not a threatening tone at all. It's just, it's an odd voice, but it's like, hey, what's going on, buddy? Like 28 days to go. Okay. I've, I've heard um, recreations of what schizophrenia sounds like, like these voices in your head. This obviously isn't quite it. But I mean, that is kind of what we're tapping into here, right? Like, well, because voices they, in your head, schizophrenic. Well, that's what they want you to think. Mental except illness. really, Frank is one of the like wait, ma- manipulated dead. dead. Oh, wait, he's, he's exactly he's manipulated dead. He's one of the manipulated dead. We is, we can maybe get into all this if we have fucking eight hours to kill. <laughs> um, but we should maybe run through this quickly because uh, he dies in the time loop. That's that's what gives him extra powers. But this is all insane shit. Well, like, and, and here's my issue with all of this anyway. The inciting incident here. Being the, the engine falling that, in Donnie's that, room. That happens in the Tangent Universe. We, Act, don't, we, yeah, don't, the, we don't know what creates this pocket. No, it's like Groundhog Day. It's a glitch. It, it, is, it is like Groundhog Day. There, so there are some abo- like yeah, forces. Some ab- celestial, inexplicable. Like we, don't, we actually don't know what's causing this. Glitch in the Matrix? Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's literally the, like the only. I think in the the director's cut, that would be the only unexplained part. Well, and, right? and here's the problem that I have with that: we start in this tangent universe. When do we ever find out about? Like, we never find out about. Ta- if there was a scene where he's reading the book and it show, he's like tangent universes. What the crap? Like, if if it was explained at all, hold not explained. If there were nuggets that show that this could in fact be a tangent universe, but we never know for sure. I would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the theatrical cut. We, but but these things are all not in the film at all. And the end of the world, I definitely, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to buy it. That the threat of the end of the world, not even sold at all. Like we, we don't get any reason why the world is going to end. So essentially the, the plot of Donnie Darko, Donnie is, stuck in limbo for this 28 day period essentially where because that's how long tangent universes 
Yes. It, well, like, they're all, they can only last for a little a while. Weeks. A wormhole right. is opened up and a fucking engine has fallen on his room and we have to sort of close this time loop as it collapses. You have to resolve it otherwise. But apparently... You have to return the artifact. Apparently, yeah. if you don't do it right, this thing can create a black hole and destroy all of... The primary universe. The primary universe. So that's... None of what that is... the shit? None <laughs> of that is given to us, right? So if you're watching the theatrical cut, you don't feel any like risk of the world coming to an end it it just seems like a self-contained sort well, of teen drama yeah, but it does kind of make sense though right when it donnie's world sort of comes to an end right well it reads like some great tragedy is going to happen within his world like it does not follow the the time travel rules at all if you don't know about them because you assume okay the the mom and the, the daughter are flying home because it drops that saying they're coming home it shows you that the world is about to end. It's like, oh shit, well, do they crash? Is his entire world destroyed at this point? Like, what's about to happen? None of that, make, like, that's not what any of that is for. None of those things are meant to point you to uh, that conclusion that you can come across in the films. Like, oh, it might be this. No, it's about a primary universe collapsing because a tangent universe. Like, here's the problem mm-hmm. I have with this. Well, that's that's why it's, without these extra sort of, supplementary things you can make up your own it's a very interpretation. different movie a very different it, it certainly is well like, here's my problem a, you can put whatever you want to it Wait. If, if if you're free to do that hold on sorry i'm gonna stop saying here's my problem because apparently <laughs> i have a lot of problems with this here's a criticism i have uh another one of them here we go yes i, d- I did like parts of this movie but um without that information you're left to, to try and figure it out on your own which is fine mm-hmm. but then it seems like there are a bunch of plot holes because it reads like he needs to go back in time and just like, maybe he dies. He needs to remove himself from the equation so that he saves Jenna Malone and all this crazy other shit doesn't happen. That's what it looks like. It from does the construction raise a lot of, the of questions. Yeah. So how does he get back? Cause all of a sudden you're like, well, well, how does he travel back? Cause it talks about the metal canister or all you need is something metal to travel through a wormhole. He, he doesn't, he doesn't travel. So how is he now back? at the end of the film in his room. Like he rides his bike really fast. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's what I think the movie, (laughs) that's what I, that's almost what I think. ETs it. (laughs) Yeah. Flies up into the wormhole. (laughs) Yeah. But except instead of an alien in his milk crate, he's got a dead, a dead girl. Gretchen. Horrible. But I think that's what the ultimate, maybe the movie is striving with this question the whole time is how did I manage to, uh, like I, the voice, the imaginary voices in my head save my life somehow, right? Like the the weird schizophrenic thoughts in my head somehow coincidentally managed, like I, I avoided death by listening to the voices in my head. But because I did that, I directly caused other death. But I think he it was actually like his his understanding, like the moment he fully understood... So to me, in, in the theatrical version, his choice to sort of follow this voice in his head, I think that's what disrupts the time loop. It's not these aliens or this God thing. I think Donnie is what triggers this weird glitch by leaving when he shouldn't have. But like he was, Donnie's supposed to no, be Frank dead. No, Frank saves him. But Donnie's supposed to be dead this whole movie, right? Like, that's like that's why the, the universe is sort of unstable, because Donnie's supposed to be dead this whole time. No, no. I disagree. That, because, that's not it. No, the the if that were the case, 
Donnie's death would be the like his life or death would be the crux that that the like cosmic event was based on. But that in fact we don't know what the cause of that event is. And Frank is the one that saves his life. And Frank yeah, can only be a, a purposeful dead or whatever man- manipulative dead. dead in the tangent universe because time doesn't flow pro- the same way there. According yeah. to the the theory, they're of time already level. in the loop, right? Like as soon as, like the the dream that that Donnie has that takes him out of his bedroom at that time happens before, like he's having that as the the jet engine is falling, right? Like those are simultaneous events. So that has to Frank has to do that. He ha- and because Frank knows that Donnie is the guy that closes the loop so he has to save him and that's why Donnie feels obligated to do as he's told by Frank for the rest of the time right like he doesn't feel like the water spear coming out of his chest is a choice a path that he can choose to not take he feels that he has to follow it because you know this is these are the choices that saved his life the first time around and he and he interacts with Frank it's always through this watery time barrier isn't it where he's stabbing that's creepy he's stabbing frank in the eye which is where he's going to ultimately shoot him in the right eye yeah how cold is that scene to me there's a lot of stuff in this movie like in the theatrical version that just sort of thematically lines up like everything comes into focus like visually and thematically it might not make sense logically but like the fact that frank is just a guy who was at his party yeah. You know, he's not some weird god or some, you know, weird being. Just some guy from their school. It all it all sort of like all comes into focus not in the way you're expecting, but in a more th- like thematically perfect way. Like cuz Frank kills Donnie. No, Donnie actually kills Frank, but Frank saves Donnie like twice, like cuz he actually rewinds time. Donnie has to kill Frank so Frank can save Donnie. In turn, saving, which in turn kills. Well, and and to save the universe. Because and Frank is alive at the end. Frank is yes, like it. It it, it's fucked up. And he's he's rubbing his eye. Because based on all of this information, it's the primary universe. And I guess what's really happening at the end then is Donnie's using telekinesis to rip an engine off a plane to send the artifact back, which is the plane engine. And then we're the Donnie we see at the end isn't the Donnie we've watched the entire movie. It's the primary universe one. It's not the same guy. So he has no knowledge about any of this. He's just happy in his room and he dies. So I guess Donnie knows sending it back and saving the universe means that he's in the primary universe. He's dead. And Frank doesn't have a chance to call him out of his room. Right, because he fixed it. So by, yeah, by yeah. fixing the He universe. never needed to. Um, do you guys like these, these fucking awesome bubble paths? What, yeah. what, the first time these pop out of someone's chest, what the fuck did you think? Well... I thought Donnie was on some... This movie is wacky as fuck. This is one of my favorite parts of the film, actually, because it it deals a lot with... uh, Like fate and Fate and 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 predetermination and stuff like that, because they have the conversation with Noah Noah Wiley, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Uh, Talking about, well, if you know the path, then you can change it. But these people don't, and Donnie can see. So he knows people's actions aren't really their own. Like He can just see that they're following their set path. Which I really, I thought that was really cool. It it sort of starts before it it preempts, you know, it, it and I, their path starts before they're well, going to walk somewhere. It's like you've made a decision 
you know, before you choose to well, stand and, up. And I love that because it, it, stream, it goes in with a lot of the theories of consciousness these days because we're still trying to understand that and the, the choice of free will. And there was a study done, uh, I read about it a few years ago, where they were talking about action and people didn't, ch- they were already doing something before their mind chose to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, your body just does stuff instinctually. And then the argument there f- that free will is like a, a check and balance, like, do you let your body carry on with its instinctual action? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And that's when you make the decision to do Fuck. what you're already doing. So I really liked seeing something like that in the film. I love this uh, idea and this concept, and I love when things play with it. It's one of the reasons why I think Arrival is the best movie ever of all time, <laughs> um, and why uh, the short story that it was based on, uh, the story of your life, is so good. Um, the way that it plays with this, I think you could probably look at parallels with this nice yeah i could see that. i like it um you know so yeah that's sort of like time going both directions a little bit out of your well the predetermination I, thing like if you know if if there is already a set path is free can free will be involved right that's that um and i think what donnie's talking with the teacher about when the teacher says i can't talk about this or i'll get fired is is that's the concept that donnie really wants to to get into sacrilegious for him to continue that conversation he's talking about like god's plan yeah and and donnie is saying like i yeah can i not choose that path and stay and god like that's god's plan so how can i avoid it i want and he's basically worried it sounds like he wants to follow god's path He's like, so why would I ever not follow that weird water spear out of my chest? <laughs> like, that's where God wants me to go. I want to go where God wants me to go. I'm choosing to go where God wants me to go. <laughs> I just, I love how how the movie just fully takes a cannonball into just a batshit, crazy, afraid. bizarre universe with this scene. Yeah. Weird bubbles coming out like of his chest. Alex Mack. And it, and it perfectly, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. I, I, the, the film, like, Richard Kelly makes a very conscious decision to cut to a close-up of donnie's eyes as he's looking at these streamers coming out of people's like we need to know that this is all from donnie's perspective obviously mm-hmm. um is it the drugs he's on i don't know no it's not <laughs> it, his, he sticks his head right into the middle of one of these wormholes and his eyes get all, all buggy bug- yeah that looks a bit funky is fucking bizarre and wacky and silly man that was the one moment i don't like um can we talk quickly before we move on here? Yeah. Patrick Swayze, why is he in this movie? What is the Jim Cunningham character uh, even for? Like, what does the subplot even do for you guys? Does it feel tacked on to you? or? Yeah, we don't need... Because he, he's sort of there just as another like authoritarian figure for Donnie to challenge. And and, and, and the the... The payoff there is that O'Donnie got revenge on this guy for being maybe kind of an asshole, I guess. And and the payoff there is we found out through him burning his house down. Oh, he actually had this child pornography dungeon in his basement. So like, are Donnie's actions like justified now? Like, is well, that how you justify? It was doubly, his- it was doubly uh, justified because you also hate the the uh, woman from the PTA who's also the health teacher, right? Well, and and the the only reason. It could have been anyway. It didn't need to be Swayze, but the house, and it could have been any house, really. I just didn't understand that this this whole subplot of having this weird fear and like I guess it, maybe it relates to the movie's themes and stuff. But I don't even know why you need 
I don't know why I'm, I'm supposed to hate Jim Cunningham's character because he's just pushing some dumb bullshit motivational speaker. He seems pretty harmless to me. I'll be honest. I don't know. Like It almost seems like uh, Kelly had something out for some dude and he just yeah. threw a character in I, I, there. And it some been, like self-help guy. It would have yeah. been way cooler if Patrick Swayze played Frank T.J. Mackey. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise's character from Magnolia. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have had, like, tame the cunt and shit like that. <laughs> like, see, at least... It's a little bit more That's how you hate extreme. a character. That's how you hate a character. Yeah, like... Yeah. But did you guys like him? Like, I didn't like this Cunningham guy. Well, I didn't know what his purpose was in the movie. No, no, and really, it only exists as a plot point for the fire to screw things up, uh, and then the dance teacher can't go yeah it didn't to, seem like this is it's out of to la or wherever yeah. star search so then his mom and his daughter has to have to fly. His sister have to fly so that they come back and then there's a plane for the, the thing so the string of events makes sense but the plot you know you don't that, need, you, Cunningham you don't is need not it. necessary you don't need it there yeah um drew barrymore one of the manipulated living oh boy with her cellar door comment which seems just useless and Go in the cellar door of Roberta Sparrow's house like that was well, stupid. Yeah, I mean that aside because I actually didn't think that was stupid. I thought that that was that worked well in terms of the idea that the manipulated living will unknowingly do everything they can. They'll give clues to support, without support. even knowing why. Yeah. Um, well, but she is so everyone that works at this school is the worst <laughs> at their job that I've ever seen. Like, like she's a terrible teacher. Um, she should be, f- the, when, when Gretchen walks into the class and she says, sit, sit next to the, the boy that you think is the cutest. What is that? That's like grounds, you're fired. grounds yeah. to get fired immediately. You're, yeah. You're fired. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the principal, so like she's in there for a whole other, who knows why. And he's like telling her that she's got to go. And he's like, I'm not going to debate you on this. Well, okay. So you're a bad administrator then, because that's what you're supposed to do. Like if you, you're, you need to hear what she has to say. Um, but she doesn't even look at him the whole time. Like the whole meeting. Well, that that scene. Oh she's, my god. She's re- she must have been hung over because she is just reading off of a script. That it's entire so scene. bad. That it's so bad. Like you can see her looking at the lines as she's saying them. Oh also, god. she looks the same age as Donnie Darko. So yeah, that didn't, didn't, that was a bit weird. It didn't work for me at all. She does not look. She produced this, right? Didn't Drew Barrymore? Did she? Oh. She she like helped get this movie to screen kind of mm. thing like she she believed in the script and put a bunch of her own money up for it i believe oh props to her then because i love I know, this i know right um yeah and i had one thing i want to ask you guys before we wrap here almost. shoot so roberta sparrow the old witch lady from uh, grandma death fucking men in tights robin hood men in tights <laughs> uh she checks her mail like 10,000 times every day. She's, and those wise guy yeah. guys are like, someone ought to write that bitch. Like, I hate his two friends. They're like, oh, yeah. Who is this Ryan Reynolds wannabe fucking guy? And this other, like, wiry loser. Don't buy any of these Smurfette. What do we think of uh, Seth Rogen as dude, a bad guy? Pretty funny, eh? <laughs> yeah, that um, was weird. So, I but, like your boobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We're looking at Roberta Sparrow here, checking her mail a thousand times every day. Is or she, one time every day? Is she at the right time? Is she looking for Donnie's letter? She's looking for Donnie's letter. So that's why she keeps checking the mail because at any point it could have these been, events are happening. It, it could be just appearing in my 
like my she, mailbox. she somehow knows that she's going to be involved in a time loop and I she it. i love that is waiting that's for... very subtle the movie barely touches on that he just writes a letter and the, and the narration we hear donnie saying at the end of the movie wrapping things up is the letter he's writing to her and then guys just get your heart get going like we cue the gary jewels mad world Find it kind of funny. Find it kind of sweet. That song that we all know from Residence. I think, yeah, the best use of that I saw was the Gears of War trailer for. Oh yeah, that was pretty dope. Actually, I remember that. Um, <laughs> I always one thing that I remember from the first time I watched this that I've always thought every time I've rewatched it is the scene where Jenna Malone then uh, rolls up and we're in the the real universe the primary universe they are feeling echoes um, and deja yeah, 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 totally. of this weird but, alternate reality right but the look that what is supposed to be exchanged with glances between these two women and what is actually exchanged, I feel like is not, does not align. Like what is supposed to be there is like Jenna Malone should be feeling like, Oh, well, you feel some tender connection, but you don't know why you feel deep sympathy, but you're, it's inexplicable. But if you the look on Malone's face on this Gretchen girl's face is act like what's actually being exchanged here is like, yo, fuck you, bitch. And 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 Donnie Darko's mom is like, who me? Like what? I, I'm just I'm just here smoking. She like, kind of sees like, what are you staring at? Yeah, like why are you staring at me? And Gretchen's but, but thank, sending this. Thank you for the stank, support. Like like throwing serious shade. Like check out the glare. See, I I read it more as Jenna Malone's character knows misery because of her stepdad stabbing her mom and stuff like that. So she shares a kinship with the mom. I see what you're saying. <laughs> but I didn't see it in her face. Fair enough. I saw the glare, um, the stink eye. What, so at the very end of this movie, we got Mad World playing, and we're panning across. Like in the same way, we intro everybody. We we, out, got we outro everybody. Patrick Swayze crying. Why is Patrick Swayze crying here? Because of the guilt. He's, He's feeling like, guilt that oh my god, in this alternate reality, I got busted. My child porn ring got yeah. busted. So maybe I should stop doing child. He porn needs the tears to masturbate with. In 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 an alternate reality, I got caught. So I better stop. I, yeah. better, I better wise See, up. I, just I think it, he's just tortured. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I read that, again, as him just being... He's this motivational speaker guy who was just not happy at I all. He's living he in fear. In fear. Yeah. I think there was an opportunity here for Richard Kelly to like examine like the choices and regrets that we have and you know the, the alternate universes that we can create by like making mistakes. No, you don't want to create them, though. Then well, of Donnie course. Darko has to die. But I, I, I kind of like the idea of each of these characters... Mm sort of feeling echoes of regret and feeling pain and remorse from this alternate reality that's sort of sitting next to them. Like like perhaps some sort of more tangible ripples. It's it, Yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting way to look at emotions and, and imagine if you could feel the emotions of... of Parallel dis, use. Of, yeah, or decisions that you, that you haven't made or you have made that exist somewhere else. Or, hmm. um, guys, this is like Groundhog Day for... Uh, High school angsty teens. <laughs> no? Not really. Uh, what do you guys, what, what are your final thoughts here? What are you giving Donnie Darko out of 10? Uh, well, my final thoughts are that I, I, I still want to watch the, uh, the director's, director's cut. cut. Um, but this movie, the first time I saw it, I was sort of 
surprised and curious, and I continue to enjoy it even probably more having consumed all of the supplemental goodies. Yeah, let's call it that. That Richard Kelly loves yeah. giving you all that yeah. candies. I uh I'm glad that I have that he made Southland Tales as well. Um and continues to not give a fuck what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Just do what you want, <laughs> Kelly. And I'll watch your movies and then read all the other stuff that fuck, goes with it too. Fuck the creative rules. Yeah, of do art. what you want to do. So what is this movie out of 10? Uh, this movie for me is a strong 7.5 out of 10. Ooh. Mike, what do you think of Donnie uh, Darko? Uh, you know, I like a lot about it. And th- the time travel stuff is kind of interesting. I just, again, really wish that as a film, it was a more cohesive package. Uh, that's really what I keep getting hung up on here. Like, there's explanations, there's theories, they're all great, it's just that they all rely on outside material. Yeah, it's a valid point. Um, Will you watch the director's? I kind of want to watch the director's cut now, just just to see. That has excerpts from the philosophy of time travel, the textbook explanation, actually superimposed onto the movie, so you can read the rules of the universe. Wow, I would have loved something a little more subtle in the theatrical version. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, no in between. <laughs> that middle ground that you were talking about earlier would be a nice place to go. I think that would make this movie incredible. Uh, That's a fair point. I give it about a, a six and a half. Mm. Um, Yikes. Yeah, like, there's stuff like I it. like, but I don't think it's a, a movie. Mm. It's, it's a collection of... Mm. You're going to hate Southland Tales so much. I've seen Southland Tales. You hate Tales. it already. But you haven't read the comics. No. <laughs> That's true. So That's true. change um, everything. I feel bad now, but I'm going to stick with my... I'm giving this movie an 8.5 out of 10. Which wow. I, wow. I know is on the high side, but... Uh, Whatever, man. There's nothing else like Donnie Darko out there. Yeah, no, you're, you are right there. There really isn't. And, and it's amazing. Even to this day, Like you'd think there'd be people trying to rip this off, and I don't really see many movies that go for this strange like mashup of genres and just, just really original ideas well but but not being afraid to get wacky and not being afraid to like leave its audience completely in the dust but then also have all this supplemental shit just available that is there <laughs> for you to have a different interpretation you said it's a different movie and and it it completely is yeah. I, I don't know any director that has like a sort of an open-ended interpretive art house movie that has like, Hey, do you want to read the textbook that explains the whole movie? Like imagine if Shane Carruth said, here's the upstream color handbook that tells you like a, like a literal explanation primer. There's a textbook on primer enemy. That's kind of what we got. Denny Villeneuve kind of, he did break it right down. Kind of gave us a textbook explanation there. You didn't need that textbook explanation. There were clues, and you, you could, could do it you yourself. Could piece it together. Yeah, we were almost there on up our with own. A, you could come up with that theory. Well, and, and that's why I found I underlined in that quote I read off the top here that Richard Kelly says you can, if you want the theatrical cut to remain an unsolvable riddle, then you can do so. Which to me is like this guy is just he's a dick. Like, <laughs> but he's well, I kind of love it. I love it too. If if <laughs> he doesn't agree in, so like, there's the middle path, right? Like, there's three ways. There's the middle path, and then there's the slow path, and then there's the lightning path. He doesn't believe in the middle path, but he offers you both. Yeah, the slow or in passable, impassable, 
and he offers you the lightning path, <laughs> right? You, you can just read the, it in in a second. You want to take the half-finished stairs or the escalator? Uh, I just Richard Kelly's a mad scientist. Uh, he's doing a big. I think 4K, he might be a Buddhist master. He's crazy. Uh, he's doing a 4K restoration of Donnie Darko this year. I think he's he's touring it all over the place. Wow. So mm. it's it's the time Do, is right. I he talked about doing a sequel. I think I don't. Well, Samantha Darko came out. Well, that came out completely without his authorization. Yeah, that, that's true. Apparently, that's true. I yeah. haven't even heard of that. I, I haven't. Yeah. It's, uh, Would a sequel be like another time loop? I don't know. See, to me, these are questions for another day. He, probably, he yeah. swung for the fences with this, and I respect him for that. But he, if you want to see just, swinging for the fences, Southland Tales, he's like going for a grand slam Super Bowl party. Like uh, the, yeah. one of the like heaviest lines of dialogue in the entire film is pimps don't commit suicide. <laughs> that's and a, it's incredible. It, it's so is, good. That's the final line of it. Uh, that's our review of Donnie Darko. It's out on Blu-ray. It's out on DVD. It's out everywhere. If you see it and you agree or disagree with our takes, please email us at verticalviewing at gmail.com. Yes, please do. See, I think a lot of people loved this movie because it was an unsolvable riddle. And they're just like, this is so deep. And, yeah. But it's it's just poorly constructed. It's crazy, right? Like, there's a difference between... Because it has some great ideas. But it's just... I just love Richard Kelly for not giving a fuck. Yeah, it's, do what you want. It's like, it's like someone had this great dream, woke up, started to tell you about it, but start, was forgetting it as they were saying it. And at the end, you're like, what? Um, so listeners, a.k.a. viewers. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Do you like the unsolvable mystery? Please let us know. Or do you like I the, think uh, do. the lightning path? I think they do. The textbook approach. Yeah, you can think I'm insane. That's fine. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Next week, everybody, gang, kids, we're reviewing John Wick I'm chapter. So it's going to be uh, maybe violent. It's a, It's basically John Wick to headshot the movie. It's called like Bullet Economy. Although, Bullet in the brain. I hope they don't go too big with it because what made John Wick so John Wickian was the like subtle stuff subtle allusions tight, to tight action i like that it's a fantasy i hope the fantasy element continues in yeah, john wick yeah. too but uh, don't show us too much don't show us everything guys yes. this should be a good one i'm gonna rewatch john wick one this week that's a good idea i think we all should where can we find you on the internet what about i am on twitter at michael arlind yeah okay oh i'm also on twitter at uh, michael arlind for real <laughs> no i am at jared underscore sergeant <laughs> How about you? I'm on Twitter at Scott Wilson BC. I'm on Letterboxd. Scott Wilson on Letterboxd. S-K-O-T-T-E. You can find me on Letterboxd. You can find uh, Vertical Viewing on Twitter, Vertical Viewing on Instagram. Like I said, at Scott Wilson BC with two L's. Guys, where can you go to donate to this show? Well, you could go to our website. It's verticalviewing.com. What was that again? It's verticalviewing.com. Cool. Uh, click that donate button, please. We accept PayPal only at this stage. Dogecoin, it wasn't working out. It wasn't we're working. Getting out. too many donations, and it actually crashed. It was fake Doge. Yeah. Uh, Counterfeit there's Doge. A, there's problem. an investigation. <laughs> if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, slicing off, slicing off a piece of that internet pie. Forgot to tell you guys. Yeah. You need I to noticed. jam that internet pie in your ear. That's how internet is best ingested. It costs a lot. If you want to help us with that, we can see movies. We can put on the show. Click that PayPal button. Uh, verticalviewing.com. Help go, us out. Go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us what's going on with Eggs Benedict. Or eggs. Or how, eggs. How, how do we cook them? Yeah, what the best way to consume slash cook an egg. Uh, any 
final thoughts from you guys? What's going on? I'm going to watch the director's cut and report yeah. back because I'm very curious to see just how... How plainly it's spelled yeah, out. Yes. By the way... <laughs> Let me hold your hand <laughs> and you can read the textbook. Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty clear. I, I'm going to do the same thing. I think. Um, my final thought: What uh, I will ask you to think of is uh, when the uh, jet engine it, was traveling. In which it, orientation was it moving? It would be in a vertical orientation. Yes. Yeah, so falling do, out of the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, Temporal. listening, be like the jet engine. <laughs> Keep it vertical. Thank you.